This, this, this is Biz Owners Ed, where you'll learn how to start, grow, and scale your business with teachings from some of the most successful and high-volume entrepreneurs. Connect with us today at bizownersed.com. Now, let's make it happen. Ken Kundemiller is his father. This is the only job that he's worked in as far as companies. It's really quite incredible. He's done every single job in the company, so he's never going to talk to an employee at Freedom Park. And there's 400 of these employees, just so you know. This is not a small organization. It's a multi, multi, multi-million dollar business, and they're expanding rapidly. And since he's taken over and brought kind of an entirely different take on this business, it's really, really changing fast and changing for the better. And it's exciting. So basically, he'll never going to ask somebody to do something in his company that he didn't actually do already. Also, a couple other things. I mean, he's a very collaborative guy. John is actually an ex-Marine, so he knows what grit is all about. And he's also understands culture and he's a culturalist. I think you and Darren Martin would get along just great. But the one thing that I want to say is that he's married to his wife, Nicole. He's a beautiful family man, and he's been able to do all this while growing one heck of a company. He's going to uh, represent the class, and then the class will also have a couple minutes of things that they can say just to talk about what we've learned and what this year has done for all of us, really. John Cundemiller, everybody. All right. Can everybody hear me? Okay, good evening. Happy Final Tuesday. I want to start by just saying, Bill, as somebody who's going through some partnership transitions with my brother, that was absolutely timely. But the best thing you said that entire presentation, because my wife is here, is that she can tell me how to do something or what to do, but not both. And so I thank you that you brought that and put that in there. So I am just one of 11 of the class members, and really any one of us could have been up here talking tonight. It's been a phenomenal ride getting to know them and their businesses and what they do, having conversations where we're at this table. And so I'm just one of 11. I want to make sure we recognize them, and they're going to get the chance to speak a little bit later. And I'm excited about that because I think each one of them is going to have a little bit different take on what the last 10 weeks has been. So I'm excited to hear what they have to say. But before I do anything, my most important job is, as Jeff said, I'm a family man. And so I have a son, CJ, who's 10. He's a type A, typical first child. Um, I have a son, Daniel. He's a typical second child. He will be worth more than all of us by the time he's 25, and none of us will know how he did it. And then I have a little girl, Emma, who's five, and I'm just never going to let her grow up. So, But the most important person in my life is my wife, and she's right there. Nicole, would you kind of just do this real quick? Um, and I'm going to brag on her for a second. So she, she's she been a stay-at-home mom for the last 10 years. And anybody who's done that, I've done it for like all five days. It's the hardest job in the entire world. And so I'm so appreciative of that. But this year, she decided, she's got a little entrepreneur heart herself. She decided that she was going to start a business herself. And she has a passion for travel planning, and particularly Disney. And she's really, really good at it. So she said, I'm going to do this and try to make some money at it. And so her goal for the first 12 months was to sell $100,000 worth of trips. She's six months in and she's already hit it. She is a rock star uh, and I love her. 
Okay, so a couple of weeks ago, Jeff and Bill asked me if I would be willing to give a presentation, and you don't tell Jeff and Bill no, so you get me for the next 40 minutes. When they asked me, I initially had uh, a couple feelings. So first of all, I felt just humbled because this is an incredible class. Secondly, I was really excited, and you might think that's weird because who gets excited about public speaking? Well, I don't get excited about public speaking, but I don't know what your Tuesday is like, but my Tuesday starts about 6.30 in the morning. I get up, get the kids ready. I get to take my kids to school every day, pretty much, which I really enjoy. Rush off to work, and like all of you, I've heard your war stories. You're just busting your tail to get everything done so you can be here by 3.30, and then it's four hours of drinking out of a fire hose, right? I mean, everything is just coming at us. And so I leave Biz Owners Ed, and my adrenaline is just insane. And I'm excited and I want to talk about it and I want to download it. And so I get home and I give my kiss, my kids a kiss goodnight and I run into the bedroom and with like all this energy and passion, I'm talking to my wife who's been at home with my kids all day long about capitalization. And I'm talking to him about cyber hygiene. And it's just not, it's just not necessarily the best time. So I was excited to be in front of you all because I get to talk about those things and you know what I'm talking about. And then the third thing that I felt was just a little bit of fear and trepidation. And let me explain that. You're going to hear throughout my presentation, and if you paid attention at all in this class, there were some themes that seemed to just be true stories for everybody. And one of those themes was is when Jay or anybody asked somebody to speak, it was always followed up, well, now give me $5,000. And I was pretty sure that wasn't going to happen to me, but I was a little bit nervous, I'll be honest with you. But that being said, we definitely want to give back because this has been such an incredible opportunity. And one of the people that we really wanted to recognize uh, is Jessica. And so for those of you who don't know, Jessica, please say hello. Jessica, we have, yeah, there you go. Stand up. There we go. So Jessica especially has kept all of us in the class on target, letting us know what's happening. If you don't answer her emails back, she sends you another one. She's going to make sure you're doing what you're supposed to. And so Jessica, we have a little gift for you, okay? All right, so here's where we're going tonight. For those of you who are type A, I do have an agenda. Don't worry, you're going to know exactly where we're going. But what we're going to talk about tonight is, first of all, expectations. And more importantly, really for me, what were the things that happened in Biz Owners Ed that I didn't expect? Because there was quite a bit of that. The second thing we're going to talk about is just simply what I learned. And I'll just be kind of transparent with you. I tend to be philosophical in nature. I tend to think of themes and ideas. Or let me say this. I thought that until last week when Jason Wilford from Culture Index came up here and like with one piece of paper totally destroyed everything I ever thought about myself. Um, the good news is I wasn't Ian Biggs, if you guys were here. I mean, Ian, he flat out said you hate people. I mean, he just, he roasted you. So anyways, the first two or three things that I'm going to talk about are really honestly things that I had to understand and learn uh, if I was going to get the most out of Biz Owners Ed, because this is a powerful, powerful room. And so they're not necessarily the takeaways, but they're the things that I had to do and understand in order to get some takeaways. And then I'm going to talk about some of the takeaways I'm going to talk about this idea of holistic learning, and what this is would be my two-minute elevator speech to anybody who has not been in Biz Owners Ed or who's thinking about being in the class. This is how I would describe Biz Owners Ed. So I'm going to talk about that for a minute. There's some acknowledgments that we want to do, and Annie's going to do some of this when she speaks. She'll do a much better job than I will. And then finally, the thing I'm most excited about is to sit and listen to what each one of you have to say. So one of the other themes, if you pay attention, it doesn't matter if your business is worth 100000 or $100 million. Jay Rogers is going to keep your butt on time and kick you off when you're done. So I got to get going and make sure I get everything in. 
So expectations. Here are the four things that I didn't expect. Some of this is tongue in cheek, but some of it, there's really some actual lessons. So here's number one, have a book budget. All right, if you're gonna come to Biz Owners Ed, have a book budget, because there are books being sold that we all need to read. So next year I come, guess what? I'm stocking away a little bit of extra cash, and when my wife and I come for date nights on Tuesday, we'll make sure we have a book budget. <laughs> Number two, there is actually a universal measure of success. Now, I don't know if you knew this, but I learned this coming to this class. Let me tell you, it's not how big you scale your company, it's not how much money you have, it's not how much wealth you have. You know how you know if you made it? If you write a book. Okay, everybody over here has written a book. So I'm determined that whether I have something to say or nothing at all, I'm writing a dang book here pretty soon. All right? Here, here's the third thing I didn't expect. You can be tactical and practical about anything. And this one's kind of personal to me. And I learned this from Tim Shiner, and it was one of the, my favorite nights. And here's, here's what I mean by this. So uh, Tim Shiner and I have a lot of things in common. I've spent a lot of time with him the last 10 weeks. And some of it's just kind of ridiculous, okay? So my birthday is December 21st. Tim, what's your birthday? December 21st. All right. I'm just a lot younger than he is. You do have better hair. That's true. Um, you and Ian, man. I can't. We're like, yeah, you ever seen the movie Twins, Dan DeVito? And that's like me and Ian. I was on my way to Disney, surprise, surprise, with my family, and I'm reading Tim's book. And while Freedom Park is the only job I've had really as an adult, I'm reading in, in, his, in his book, he says his first job was when he was 14 years old at Shutters in Bedford, Texas. My first job was when I was 14 years old at Shutters in Bedford, Texas. So some of it was just kind of crazy. But here's the biggest thing we have in common. We are both crybabies, okay? And we can call it emotionally involved or whatever, but the real thing is we just cry, okay? And I actually asked him not to look at me tonight. And so what Tim did at his speech, who was here the, the week that Tim spoke? Okay, I thought this was incredible. So like he knows this walking into a speech and he says, here's what I'm gonna do. For every 15 minutes that I don't cry, I'm gonna give money to Biz Owners Ed. And he told all of us, and when he started to get emotional, all you started cheering for him. And I thought to myself, what? This guy just figured out how to be tactical about not crying. And I said, I'm going to do that. And then I realized really quickly, I don't have the bankroll that Tim Shiner does, so I'm not going to do that. And so I was trying to figure out, well, what am I going to do? Okay. And here's the thing for me. If, if I look out and I see you, and maybe it's, it's especially up here, right? It's been 10 weeks. It's an emotional night. If any one of you start to cry, I'm toast, right? There's a movie with a dog in it. Done. Anybody? I always say it wrong. What's the, what's the, Enneagram? Enneagram. Who's taking an Enneagram test? Okay. So those of you who haven't, it's a personality test and like the five love languages all put together. It's a great test to take, but I'm going to tell you how not to take it, especially you fellows. You do not take this in a couple's group, okay? Because if you don't know your number, you're about to get exposed. And so I took this with a bunch of couples. There's like five of us, and we take this test, and all the guys, when they're done, they're sitting over here drinking a beer, beating their chest, talking about how they're nines and eights and aggressive. And all the ladies are over here, and they're talking about their ones and their twos, and they're so emotionally involved. And I'm reading my test, and Dad Gummit, I'm a one and a two. Um, <laughs> So I'm emotional, right? So I had to figure out, how am I not going to be emotional tonight? So that's where this guy comes in. You know what you have that he doesn't? A face. So if I start to get emotional tonight, and I'm looking out, and you're starting to get emotional, don't get offended. I'm going to talk to him and not you. And, and Tim always said, make sure it's a win-win. So this is a win-win for me, because you guys are staring at that logo for the entire evening. So I win either way. So Tim, thank you. You taught me I can be tactical about absolutely anything. All right, and here's the fourth thing that I didn't expect that I learned. 
Okay, there are some things that not everyone can do. Everybody remember Dr. Nish? Okay, doc, this was fantastic. So I have always been taught that when you're gonna step up in front of a group like this or into a meeting or anything like that, know your audience. Know your audience, know their demographics, what they believe, all those kinds of things, okay? And I'm just, just gonna call it what it is. As we look out at this room, it's predominantly male, which we've learned from Jeff is a good thing because all your killer salespeople are women, so we men need to be in this class, right? Predominantly Caucasian, we're all from the state of Texas, which means you're probably mostly Republican. There's a lot of trucks in the parking lot, which means there's a lot of concealed handguns in the parking lot. <laughs> and Dr. Dish talked for an entire hour, and every other slide, he was poking fun at the most right Republican president we've ever had. And I thought, how does he do that, right? And so I was determined that I was going to come here tonight and figure out what it is I'm not supposed to talk to you about, and I was going to do it. And so I started thinking about it and thinking about it, and that's when it hit me. There's some things that I can't do, that not everybody can do, because here's the reality. Dr. Nish is a 70-year-old, world-renowned Indian psychologist. I'm a white guy that does valet parking. There's just some things he can do that I can't do. All right? And that's an important lesson to learn, especially when you're in a powerful room like this. There's just some things, it's okay. I'm not going to be able to do it, right? So a lot of that was fun, and honestly, if I was going to say the one thing that I learned more than anything that I didn't expect was that biz owners, that it was going to be so much fun. And when you're in a fun environment, your capacity to learn is just so much higher. So I'm really thankful that this class was a lot of fun. All right, well, let's keep moving. So what, are, what did I learn? What are my takeaways? Okay, so five of them. And like I said, remember, the first two or three are really ideas, principles, lessons that I had to embrace and I think for a lot of you, if we were honest with ourselves, this may resonate with you because we're in such a powerful room. There's just some things I had to do, all right? So I'm being a little bit vulnerable here. The number one thing I had to do is get over myself, okay? Let me talk about why this is so important. When you're in a room like this, some of the things I understood was is comparison kills. And I was talked about earlier. And if I walk in a room like this and I look at a group like this, it is really, really easy for me to start comparing and be really intimidated, but here's the worst part about it. The best way to get out of that is to try to find somebody else that maybe you've made it a little bit further along and compare yourselves to them. And that's just not helpful. Like I'm being, am I the only one? Are the rest of you just like really good people? Okay, well, comparison kills. All right, my journey is unique. Your journey is unique. We each get to own our own journey. Number three, and Jeff, you've talked about this over and over and over again. I so appreciate you for this, brother, but it's just not about me. So full transparency, all cards on the table. I actually believe that I wasn't put on this earth to glorify myself. I think that there is one worth being glorified. And what I get to do is everything I do, I get to work towards that end. But in order to do that, I have to get over myself. If I don't get over myself, I really risk missing what others have to give. And I knew I would miss how someone else's journey could apply and help me. And so I wanted to make sure I set myself up to be in this class and really get the most out of it. The second thing that I had to embrace was not just get over myself, but I say this with all respect, but get over my mentors and speakers, because you are some powerful, incredible people. And I'm going to reference Tim Shiner again. He used this example, and I thought this was really, really clever. So if you remember, Tim Shiner said that when he kind of joined up with this group, he looked at a guy like Jeff York, and he said, man, that is a thoroughbred racehorse. That guy took a company from nothing in his garage to public to what, $17 billion cap? I mean, just crushed it. And he said, if Jeff is a racehorse, he said, then I'm a zebra. <laughs> and so I kind of had a little crisis of conscience here because if Jeff York is a 
thoroughbred racehorse, and Tim Shiner is a zebra. And Tim Shiner's written two books. He's in the top 1% of wealth in the United States. He's got 40 or 50 revenue streams coming in. He owns 20 properties in Southlake. If that guy's a zebra, then I'm just a miniature horse uh, or a jackass or... And so what I had to realize is, man, I just can't think that way, right? I got to get over myself. I got to get over my mentors and speakers. And so Nathan with Go Logo and Tim, they helped me because, again, I don't know if you're like this, but honestly, I am. I tend to forget things that are really important. And so he actually has some T-shirts made that say, get over yourself. All right. Just a cool little reminder. They're over here. We'll give them out. We have one for everybody in the class, so go pick your size out. And then for any of you other people who may be self-absorbed at times like me, go ahead and grab one, all right? So I had to get over my mentors and speakers. And here's what I realized. Everyone starts as a miniature horse. Nobody starts as a racehorse, all right? We all start in that position. Number two, you become a racehorse by watching and learning from other racehorses. So the very best thing I could do was be in this class and around these people. Number three, and this is one of the things I'm most appreciative of, is that a really good racehorse is interested in making other good racehorses. And I think every one of you are. And I appreciate the time that you've spent doing that. Also, I think if you're always looking towards your mentors or speakers and you can't really get over them or yourself, you miss the success that you're having right now because you're so focused on the success that somebody else is having. And we need to really celebrate all the little successes that we have. I think it's fuel to keep going. And then there's a chance that we may dismiss really good advice because we just think somebody can't relate. I think that's a really big threat, especially for young entrepreneurs who are just in the grind. We start to think maybe their advice isn't worth it because they can't relate. And so I had to get over myself and I had to get over my mentors and speakers. And then quite honestly, I had to tell myself that every day I walked in here so that I would be ready to absorb and learn, okay? All right, so with those two things, the final thing I had to do was allow myself to dream. And you guys have all talked about this and how important it is to understand where you want to go and what your dream looks like. And for those of us who might be young entrepreneurs or we're in the daily grind, that almost seems foolish sometimes because we're just worried about, do we make payroll? Or where's my next lead coming from? And so I understood walking into this room that this was going to be four hours that I was going to allow myself to dream and think about what it could be. And so I really started to understand that dreaming is a skill that has to be worked on. Like I had to set this time aside and said, tonight, this is what I'm working on. I'm not thinking about what tomorrow holds. I'm thinking about where I want to be and what I want to do. I think actually that dreaming and being practical, they're not enemies of each other, but they're actually partners. Okay, so what I realized is, is that the more practical I am today and do things right, the better chance I have of actually achieving my dream. But if I have a dream out there I'm trying to chase, then it's more likely I'm going to be practical and do the smart things I need to today. So they actually work together and are fuel for each other. I started to understand that sharing my dreams and carefully sharing what they mean for the other four other hundred team members we have is maybe one of the best ways to motivate them. And so with that, I felt like those three things, I felt like I was able to step in this room and really take advantage of everything that was here to be given. So here's kind of what it looks for me. So I'm just going to throw this out here. I said, hey, I want to dream big and I want to never quit. Those are two things I want to do. So just in a nutshell, well, what does my dream look like? I learned from Jay Rogers I want to be in a position to sell. Jay, I almost didn't know what to do because when we met at Jeff's barn as a class before we actually did this, you stood up and said, if you want to be in a lifestyle business, you're in the wrong room. And I had never thought about selling my business. I just thought about having a really good life. And I thought, oh, crap. Um, 
And so one thing I've learned is, is that, man, uh, and Jeff, you used the house analogy, but a business can provide a really, really good life. But it's smart for me to understand that at some time, someday I'm probably going to sell and I want to be ready to do that. The second thing, Jeff, I love, again, how you talk about this. And I love how you say that wealth is just the value you create for other people. But I want to I create wealth and freedom for others. And so I decided, man, I want to put a picture on that. Like, what does that look like for me? So for me at Freedom Park, this is what it looks like. I have about eight or 10 guys that are about my age in the same life stage, same kind of kid situation. And guess what? Eight to 10 years, they're all sending their kids to college. And so I want to be in a position where those guys have the financial freedom to send their kids wherever they want to go to school and the financial and time freedom to be able to go visit whenever they want. And maybe that comes up from us selling or maybe that comes from us just building our company. But that's what it looks like for me. And then one thing I picked up from Tim Shiner that was so important is I just don't want to be a one-trick pony. I think there's a lot of things that Freedom Park can do. And so we are actively looking at how do we diversify our revenue and use our assets to do different things. But in order to get there, you, don't, you just can't quit. There's things you got to be working on today. And this was really impactful for me, okay? So David, just you talking about accounting processes and how important those things are if you ever want to sell your company. That's something that we've really spent some time talking about at our organization. Understanding and using our metrics better to understand where we're going. Bruce, thank you for that. Identifying and leveraging our assets and resources for new revenue streams. Tim, again, thank you for that. And then just sharing my dreams with my team, not for my benefit, but for their benefit. So if I'm dreaming and I'm allowing myself to do that and I'm set up to really take advantage of what's happening in this class, what are the practical and realistic things that came out of it for me? So first of all, I understood that doing what I can right now is better than doing nothing at all. I think as a young entrepreneur, you see your dream so far out that you, there's this kind of this risk that, like, I, what am I going to do about it today? The reality is there's a lot we can do about it today. I can control the most important part of my business all the time. Practically, I can always do that, and that's my culture. And I think Freedom Park does a pretty good job of that, but I learned that there's a whole lot more we could be doing. And thank you, Rex, for that. And then finally, if I only look at the mountaintop, man, there's just so many steps I'm going to miss along the way. So here's my practical and realistic list. So being practical today about the future. Jeff, you flat called me out in front of everybody in your session, and you just said, Coon Miller, you need an app. And I thought, yeah, I do. Thanks for calling me out. And so I went back to my people, and I said, hey, listen, Jeff York says we need an app. What do we need to do? And my people said, well, it's going to take time, and it's going to take money. And I said, okay, well, what can we do right now? And they said, well, we have an app. It's just been broken. And I said, can we fix it? And they said, yeah, we can fix it. I said, good, fix it. And let's just get it out there. And then we'll worry about building the long-term app. So on Tuesday morning, I believe, our app will be back in the Google and Apple Play stores. Um, after walking away from listening to Doug Renfro, I thought to myself, oh my gosh, we need, so much, we need to get so much better at social media. So again, I went to my team and I said, hey team, what do we need to do to have better social media? Sheila, you were big on this too. You, you beat this drum and I'm thankful for that. What do we do? And they said, well, you need people to do it and you need money. And I said, okay, well, what can we do right now? And what I realized is I can be active and I'm not, and I need to be. I need to lead by example. I can ask my managers to be active on our behalf, and we can start working in small steps. And so we're actually even teamed up with Garrett Shiner, and he's going to do some things for us. We just signed him up two days ago just to kind of get us going. The women's roundtable, I don't know about you all, but that was really, really impressive for me. And what was so neat was there's all these amazing, successful women, and they almost all started or got capital for their business in a different way. And I had never thought about us ever needing capital. 
but I realize that that day is probably going to come at some point. And so what can I do about it right now? And so one of the things we're doing is we're actively kind of building relationships with who those funding sources are. We are definitely getting our documentation in place and preparing our accounting so that when, it, when we need to do it, we can do it. And those are things we're practically working on right now. Bruce, just metrics and how much they matter in order to understand where you're going and how to get there. We collect so much data, but we're using it better today than we were before you spoke. So that was really, really helpful. And then from Tim, man, just one of the things I love about you is understanding that we just need to give more and understanding that the measure of what we give is not how much, it's not the dollar figure, but how faithful and willing we are to give with what we have to give. So those are kind of the practical and realistic things that we're just moving forward with. All right, so here's the last one. Here's number five of the takeaways. So if one, two, and three were what I needed to do to put myself in the right environment, and number four was kind of practically how do I deal with what those dreams look like, the fifth thing is, is taking action. This whole class is for not, for all of us, if we don't walk out of here and do something with it. If all it is is knowledge in our head that just expands what we know, we've gained nothing. So I've been very diligent to make sure I understood what is the action that we're gonna take. And so taking massive action is not a one-size-fits-all equation. I just want to make sure I say that because I think especially for us, depending on where we're at in our business, we hear like Joe, who just did such a good job about talking about being brave and taking massive action, that can feel overwhelming. And we may think, well, I can't take the same action that Joe does or Jeff does. That's not the point. The point is, is for all of us, there's some type of action we can be taking. Number two, this was really a big aha for me, is I, was, I, I needed to start paying attention to actions that affirm that we were doing something right. So let me explain it this way. There were a number of times where one of the presenters said, hey, this is what we do with our organization. Um, Joe was one of them. So Joe talked about his meeting, his team meeting he has every single day at nine o'clock. Everybody shuts everything off. And at nine o'clock, he gets everybody together to pump them up for the day, make sure they're connected. And what I realized is, hey, we do that. We do the exact same thing at two o'clock every single day. And so it was good for me to be able to just walk out of here and say, you know what, John, we're actually getting some things right. Um, So I would encourage you, pay attention to the things that these awesome mentors are saying and be encouraged to the things that you are already doing. This is a big one. And again, I think for young entrepreneurs, this can be tough because we want to, we feel like we need to have control on everything and we feel like we're doing everything. But I realize that my people are more empowered when I allow them to take action. And I think this is something you just have to make the decision to do. And so here's a rule that I've used at Freedom Park for a long, long time. It came from my father. And you may have heard this. Who's heard the 80-20 rule? Okay. So the way it works my organization is, is if there's something that I'm doing that somebody else can or another manager's doing that somebody else can and they can do it at 80% the efficiency or accuracy, let them go do it and give them 20% room to fail and then just keep working with them. And I would just highly encourage, it's one of the things I took away from this class is what are the, what are the areas that I'm not doing that? Taking action, this was another big one. Taking, I've been saying that, like everything was a big one for me. Taking action does not mean that I do everything at once but what it does mean is I, move nothing, I don't move past anything until I've taken action. So I don't know about you guys, but my list is like this long, right? And that's just from one night. And what I had to understand is it's unrealistic and unhealthy for me to think that I'm going to go do all of that in the next 10 days or the next two months. But what it does mean is everything on that list, nothing gets in my rearview mirror until I've finally done something about it. So that's what I mean by that. 
And then I know you've heard this, but just understanding that there's no such thing as standing still. You're either moving forward or backwards, and that takes action to move forward. So my father taught me this as well. And what, we, what we've said at Freedom Park on repeat and what we train our people on, and we call it this. We call it the principle of degeneration. And the idea is, is everything that we know about in our universe naturally degenerates. It does not get better on its own. We don't naturally get more healthy. We don't naturally grow. At some point that life cycle, things start to slip and fall backwards. And that's true of our organizations as well. And so we talk about if we're not taking actions to move forward, the idea that we're just treading water standing still is a myth. We're actually moving backwards. So here's our action list. This is actually really good accountability. And I don't know about you all, but when you're at the top of an organization, that can be tough because who's accountable over you? And so I'm being transparent. I'm throwing this out there and hoping that I'm going to run into you or you're going to call me and somebody's going to say three weeks down the road, hey, what are you doing about this? What are you doing about that? So this is really for me as much as anybody. But here's our action list real quickly. App development, Jeff got that from you. Making sure our accounting practices are in order. David, thank you for that. Cyber hygiene, if any of you thought that, that you were too small for this to apply to you, I'm telling you, it's not true. We got hit with a massive cyber attack on December 7th of this year. Fortunately, we had started to take this seriously earlier, but since your talk, we've taken it a whole lot more seriously. We refer to that week nicely as Hell Week. It's kind of like Fight Club. It doesn't exist. We don't talk about it, but that's something to take serious. Diversifying our revenue opportunities. Tim, thank you for that. Investing in our culture, Rex and Jack. Collecting and using metrics better. Bruce, give and then give, give some more. Tim, Tom Neeson, who came and talked about creating a sales strategy. I never thought about Freedom Park as a sales organization at all. And I walked out of that room realizing we absolutely are a sales organization. So we've sat down and started to map out what does it look like for everybody in our organization? What role do you play in trying to sell our business? And then finally, Jason Wilford. And I said this kind of funny earlier, but man, I've got counseling coming because of that guy. Jeez. But what I learned from him is, is there are people in our organization that will be our gas pedals. And I need to find those people and put them in positions to do that. There will be people that are our brake pedals. They're going to make sure we don't mess things up. And there's going to be glue that's going to keep us together. So I went back to our team and we got about 50 key employees, 55, 60 key employees. And I said, every single one of you is taking this stinking test. And we're going to figure out who's in the right roles, who's not in the right roles. And we're going to get everybody going in the right direction. So that's our action list. All right, here's my aha moment. Remember Tommy Jerry said, hey, or Tony Jerry said, hey, if you have an aha moment, what is it? So for all that I just talked about, if there's one thing that I'm going to take away from this class that I'm going to make sure I keep doing, it's the latter principle. And I got this from every single one of you mentors, and this is so incredibly important. And that is the best thing that I can do is find and spend time with people like you all who are further along in my journey but then turning right back around and trying to find people that are not as far as long as I am and help them, right? So I want to be pulled up as I'm pulling up. If I do anything else at all, I'm going to make sure I continue to be in environments like this where where I can continue to do that. Okay, we're almost there, team. Holistic learning. This is my two-minute elevator speech to any of you. Is there any first-timers in here tonight who haven't been here? Spouses? Okay. Is there anybody in here who's thinking about being in the class? Okay, good. You should be. If your hand's not raised, you should be. This is how I would describe Biz Owners Ed. I would describe it as holistic learning. You can go to the Cox School of Business, TCU, UNT, University of Dallas, and get some great courses on management, accounting. In fact, some of our mentors speak 
at these colleges. But what's so unique about this learning environment, environment is that it's truly, truly holistic. And that's one of the things I appreciated the most. So I think they nailed it. They hit the target. And what I mean by that is, is we got spiritual or humanistic advice about being an entrepreneur. So they talked about what the fears are, what the tensions are. They even talked about what some of our liabilities and our own personalities might be. And I really appreciated that. I thought that was really important. They didn't stay there, though. They talked about the philosophical part about being an entrepreneur and running a business. So why am I doing it? Who am I doing it for? Who am I doing it with? What are the possibilities? They gave us great tactical advice. So now that we understand why we're doing it, who we're doing it for, what's our strategy? What resources do we need? What requirements is it going to take? And then finally, they gave us good practical advice. What does good leadership look like? What are the action steps you're going to take? What are best practices? And I, you may have been, I've never been in an environment that was that holistic. And that's the thing that I really appreciated about Biz Owners Ed. Okay, what I learned, holistic learning. Hey, Annie's going to do this in a minute. And so I'm going to kind of hold that for a second. But I really wanted to acknowledge all of you. I am personally thankful. What I'm thankful for is not just the time you've given us on four, four hours every Tuesday night, but the number of times I've met with people outside of this room. And man, when you were there, you were engaged. It wasn't work for you. And so I'm just really, really thankful. I'll let Andy talk a little bit about this later. So I got to be honest, there is one thing missing, one thing I did not get in Biz Owners Ed that I want. And again, it's one of these common themes. Every single one of you have a similar story. You know what that story is? On some random Sunday afternoon, you walked into Jay's Magical Barn. (laughs) And I don't know what happens in there, Jay, but you concoct some type of magical entrepreneurial pixie dust and you throw it on them and they walk out and all of a sudden their business lives have changed forever, right? And so you, I I remember you, I think it was you who said this. You said, ask, ask, and then ask some more. So I'm not ashamed to tell you that I'm asking. And I'm taking a play out of Tim Shiner's playbook uh, revolving around John Wayne. So John Wayne was one of my favorite actors growing up too. My favorite movie of all time, The Green Berets. And I watched John Wayne's Green Berets every single day as a kid, I swear. I probably shouldn't have been if you've seen it. And so I found a original, this was a 1968 first edition uh, movie poster of the Green Berets. And so this is my way of asking for you to allow me to be a fly on the wall on a Sunday afternoon in your bar. Absolutely. There's Jay being John Wayne. Okay, so here's how I'm going to end. We have a coronavirus special at Freedom Park. So we're in the airport industry, right? So I would like to have some new customers. But here's really why we're doing this. Biz Owners Ed has been not just good for me, it's been good for our organization. So anybody who goes and signs up, whether you're a customer or not already, and books a trip, and you tell them that you're using the Biz Owners Ed 2020 promo code, don't say coronavirus special. It's going to freak them out. Just say bonus or promo code. You will get a free ultimate car wash along with your trip, and we'll take 25% of the parking charge and give it back to Biz Owners Ed. Thank you very much, class. It's been awesome. It's been a great ride. I appreciate y'all, and I am done, and now it's your turn. This is the Biz Owners Ed podcast. Connect with us at bizownersed.com. Rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss out on every value-packed episode.